poids. Welcome to the show. This, this is our view from, from the bench. Well, welcome to the show. I'm Brendan, sign organizer for the UFC Ring Girls. And I'm Corey, shoe cleaner for the Tap Dance Club. Happy Tuesday. Happy Tuesday, my friend. Missed Monday's episode. Apologies, everyone. But I told you. We're back. My schedule is going to be crazy in October already. It's, it's in September. So we might have some days fluctuate here, but we're going to try to do two days a week for sure. That's what's up. Agreed. But welcome, everybody. Thank you very much for joining us. We are uh, here. How was your weekend? It's good, actually. Uh, got to work uh, Alice Cooper Rob Zombie on Saturday, which was crazy, well, but also cool. kind of fun because uh, I expected the crowd to be rowdy, but then I realized all their fans are old, so they're actually really cool, like old people. Like, I mean, people all tatted up in wheelchairs and rollers and scooters, so I, it was just like a really fun crowd-watching uh, game or an event to do. I remember that's what <laughs> was most funny that you told me was the thing that you saw most there were wheelchairs. Yeah, <laughs> I was like, this is not what I was, was expecting good. to do today, but I mean, it happens. The fans get old with the band, I guess, so uh, hey. and then... Actually got to work the first preseason game on Sunday, which was nice to be working with hockey. Uh, we actually we the win? Ducks won and beat the Kings, which the Kings were playing. Hey. The Kings were playing nobody. Their other guys were in Australia playing in like an Australia like stretching the game over there. So it's preseason, man. It it's okay. Yeah. But it was but nice it still to be. Me feel better. It was nice to be working hockey again. So, but how about your weekend? It was good. Uh, decided to for the first time on show history rock the Cardinals after a <laughs> huge dub. So that was pretty crazy. Oof. Uh, but yeah, other than that, it was fairly low-key. Dad's birthday was on Sunday, so hung out with him, got some dinner, and just kind of chilled. Oh, and then we went to Horror Nights on Sunday night, so that was pretty nice. cool, too. busy, dude. I can only Lit. imagine. <laughs> so packed, man. But we had the express like pass, so the lines were a lot shorter for us. But, whew, ton of people. Ton of people. Survived? But nobody, also, nobody had any heart attacks in your group, and everybody, nobody got stabbed? No, it was a group <laughs> of three, so luckily it was a nice uh, small okay, chunk okay. of us that went. So it was just, just me, her, and her mom. Okay, so it was nice. cool. I remember going to that one time and uh, seeing people like get like frozen because they get so like freaked out and scared in the corners and stuff, so it's not fun for some of those, for some people. Yeah, true. Well, they don't go. But <laughs> to me, it's like it's cool because like the movie set is like very detailed yeah. and things like that. You know what I'm saying? So it's kind of cool in that sense that you can see stuff that you see on tv or in a movie yeah like up close you feel like you're kind of like in it so that's kind of why i like the universal one yeah for sure totally understand which i mean watching tv i know we were both uh watching monday night football yesterday right yes we were i watched mostly the well i enjoyed the eagles bucks game and then the the other one was just sloppy man the rams the Rams Bengals one. I mean, it was raining a little bit. No, it was raining in Tampa. What am I talking yeah, about? Yeah, yeah. I was gonna say both of them were kind of that was more fun. Yeah, yeah, it was. So it was uh, kind of a weird Monday night, but the teams that I thought would win did win. Finally, Joe Burrow's on the W column, yeah. and his team finally getting the first win. Uh, comes at the expense of an awkward Rams team that we kind of all had questions about going into the season. So yeah. it's gonna be weird to see how the rest of the season plays out for both of these teams. But it was actually to me, and that's why he's my player of the night, regardless of which team or which game he was a part of, is Evan McPherson. He was draining D 
deep shots, man. Curry shots, honestly. <laughs> or Justin Tucker, I guess, to be a little bit more accurate. He had who went four for five, and every single field goal that he took was 48 yards or farther. That's basically Whoa. how far the Bengals could get because that's all Joe Burrow could get them was basically just a little bit past half field, enough for him to kick 50 yards. He went four for five, missed a 49 or made a 49, 53, 48, and 54, and missed the 56. So, Damn. but yeah, good game. You catch any? Yeah, Burrow did not look good either like he went out there I, I don't even know why they keep playing him at this point i feel like if if he's, he's hurt, not right yeah right? yeah and their offensive line has not been very good so he's not playing well and it's a hamstring right so or a calf or something right he's a, calf. a calf so if he's dropping back and having to run out of the pocket at all he's he's just making it worse so i just don't understand yeah, what they're bad. doing by letting him play uh, but thankfully, like you said, it was sloppy by the Rams. What did, did, did the Rams know that you supposed to, you can run the ball in, in football? Because I feel like they just threw it all the time. I don't know if they don't trust the offensive line with a run or if they – because they weren't playing from, like, behind like you would need multiple touchdowns. They were yeah. always within one score, mostly. I mean, maybe it was a touchdown and a field goal here or there. But generally, throughout the whole game, they were within one score. But, yeah, they felt like they were playing with their lives on the line, just dropping Matt Stafford back every time and – Hendrickson, I think that's his last name from mm. the Bengals, was able to get get home quite a, quite often that I that I saw. Yeah, I believe the Rams gave up six sacks, and there could have been seven, but there was a penalty on the play, so it negated it. But yeah, the Rams' offensive line—I know they had some injuries too. Part of that is, is not helping the issue, but still, they just—it's right. weird. They've had like these ebb and flows. Their first week against, <clears throat> excuse me, against Seattle. They looked great and played a great second half, especially in, in one in Seattle. Then they kind of hung right. around with the 49ers last week at home. But this week they Only just, lost by a touchdown. Yeah, but this week and having the extra day to prepare and having it on Monday night, they just they looked weird, which for McVay is just awkward to see just a, such a bad offensive game plan. It was so weird because as I was watching the game, I don't know who it was. I think it was the defensive coordinator because it seemed like the defense was on the field a lot more, at least when I was watching. I didn't see them show Sean McVay one time. I was like, who, where is this guy? Because <laughs> he doesn't look like he's showing up on the field either, let alone on the sideline. It was weird to your point because he's a run, run, run. That's why he likes skilled backs and multiple of them if he can. And you just didn't see it. It was, let's see if Matt Stafford can go and win us this game. Yeah, which it was weird. Yeah, they only ran it 13 times total, but you send Stafford out there and he goes throws has to throw it 33 times. It's he's not Matt Stafford of the old. Like he is not that good anymore. He is old. To, well, he's yeah, Matt, he is old. He's old Matt Stafford. <laughs> <laughs> he is the old version of himself, but he just he can't do that anymore and I think Cooper Cup not being there is obviously a big part of it. So maybe when he comes back in week 5 that kind of opens up things cuz if him and Cooper Cup can get started back to where they were before, and then they do end up double-teaming Cup. That's only going to open up things for Puka Nakua and Tutu Atwell, I would think. Yeah. Cup will help, but I don't I don't know. I know that they dumped Cam Akers, and I'm not saying they don't have good backs, but I just feel like they can't get something together. So we'll yeah. see. It'll be a struggle. The, the one thing that's unstoppable, though, is <laughs> the freaking one-yard Eagles push. Oh my God! Hurts, of course, is their own their best running back, dude. Swift, man, he's going crazy right now. Yeah, man, the Eagles look good. Well, I should say they look good early. Once the rain came yeah. out, the game got kind of sloppy because there was a couple of those interceptions. I felt like that Hurts had two of them, and the one where I don't know if he just missed time to throw or the guy just cut too early on that on that slant, but he threw it way behind him. And he just looked obviously pissed off at himself on the bench after. But I don't know. Just Hurts looked off and not himself. I don't know if. 
maybe it's not like the Buccaneers defense is that great, right? They well, we don't really know quite yet. They played the Bears in week two, okay. and then they played at Minnesota, who seemed to get a slow start against them in week one. So they gave up twenty five at home, only were able to put up eleven. Shows you what Baker Mayfield does, what a good defense is presented to him. Right. Not necessarily a knock on Minnesota, but it's the honest truth for Chicago. So I guess we'll see how their their seasons continue. But it was good to see the Eagles who I'm obviously going to be wrong about who wins this division. So <laughs> if I have, if anybody, I guess it's it's going to be the Eagles, and good for them. I like Jalen Hurts, so yeah. And them. then their defense looks great. Uh, your defensive rookie of the year, Jalen Carter, I believe, looked really good yesterday. So that's helping yes, he your did. case there. I think he had um, a sack. Yeah, he did. He had a sack. And is he the one who forced the fumble on the? I believe it was. Yes. Yeah. So he had a great day. I don't know this. The Eagle defense made Baker Mayfield look like. A, typical kind of backup quarterback who's filling in for a starter for a week or two. Like this is the ebbs and flows that we've seen with Baker Mayfield throughout his career. He'll have a couple good three, four weeks in a row maybe. And, but then he has one or two where you're like, I don't even know if he knows how to play football sometimes. Which is weird for a number one overall pick. You don't want to say that. That's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. We do have more football that happened this past week though. We'd like to do our rundown again. We're going to try to see if we can kind of break down the games in our little f- format. What was it? Two? What did, did you time it last week, Corey? Yeah, I think it was just under three minutes. We were looking for two to two and a half, but it was just under three. But you know what? It was so good, I didn't even mind how long it was. Okay, let's get started. So I'm basically kind of going to just go through them. Um, Corey's going to add some comments if he has them here and there. But let's see. The two and a half to three minute drill. <laughs> Ravens lose by a field goal in overtime to the Colts. Tucker misses a 61-yard attempt at the end of regulation as Baltimore blunders a should-be win. Minshew Magic appears once again. Derek Henry becomes arch-nemesis, number one to me, as he has now cost me cash and fantasy points. Titans look terrible in Cleveland as the Browns light up the Titans 27-3 to keep pace with the 2-1 teams in the AFC North. Titans are done. Detroit football. Lions take care of the Dirty Birds at home and show that their defense can hang even without their leader, C.J. Gardner-Johnson. They hold the Falcons to 183 yards of total offense and make up for their home opening loss. Win 20-6. Saints start strong in Green Bay, but a Derek Carr shoulder injury stops the offense. Love and the Packers come back from 17 down in the fourth quarter to win his home opener and move to 2-1. and one. Carr has a sprained AC joint in his throwing shoulder and will be week to week. Winston steps in during his absence. Jags surprised by the Texans at home. A week after losing a close one to the Chiefs, Jacksonville shows up to get blown out by their division rival, Texans. CJ Stroud has his best game as a pro and gets his first win as well. Texans trounce Jags 37-17. A former Ohio State quarterback looking good for a change. Broncos have arguably, quote, one of the worst coaching jobs in the history of the NFL and lose by 50 in Miami, 70 to 20. I guess Sean really meant it when he said they were going to do the opposite of what happened last year. But I thought he meant that they would do better, not double down on being worse. Dolphins get local family drunk as they cruise to score 10 touchdowns, but are, quote, too nice to set a record. Chargers don't charge, but Vikings vike. While it wasn't quite the shootout we were looking for, the game did not disappoint. 
Jefferson breaks out for 149 yards in the second half. For Herbert and Allen, yes, Keenan Allen, throw for four touchdowns as the Chargers snag their first win of the season. A little iffy for the forward uh, for going forward for the Vikings. Maybe time to trade Cousins. Belichick maintains his control over JV quarterbacks as the quarterbacks hold off the Jets 15-10. to 10. This battle of the AFC East's work teams looked exactly how we thought it would. Boring. The unfortunate part is Zach Wilson can't win games, but he also can't even help betters win money. Takes a safety with two minutes left to bust the spread of three and a half and lose by five. Bills make light word of the commanders, handing them their first loss of the season. Sam Howell tosses four picks and the Bills dominate in D.C. 37 to three. Good old-fashioned butt-whooping. Commanders come back to earth. Bryce Young is forced to sit due to an ankle issue as Dalton makes his debut for the Panthers. The Seahawks take care of business at home and win by 10, 37-27. Kenneth Walker III dominates with 97 yards and two touchdowns. Metcalf also eclipses the century mark. Cowboys give Vegas one of their biggest days of the year as they lose by what they were supposed to win by. Spread was minus 12. Cardinals looking better than expected as the term any given Sunday really means something here. Cowboys fall to fifth in Super Bowl odds as the Diggs injury might mean more than expected. Cardinals take it 28-16. Cowboys really lost in Arizona? Steelers make first visit to Vegas and walk away with a win. Game was actually good. And Raiders have been putting together good games. Just can't seem to play well for all 60 minutes. Jimmy G throws three picks, and Josh Jacobs continued to struggle without the preseason reps, averaging just 2.4 yards per carry, when his career average is 4.3. Chiefs played the Bears at Arrowhead. Kind of all you need to know, honestly. But since I'm doing this segment, I won't leave it as a blank space. In short, I knew the Bears were in trouble when they walked in. While the organization has the wildest dreams of this love story coming true with Justin Fields, Bears fans are wondering if they are out of the woods yet because this delicate situation gets worse each week. Chiefs shake off week one and win second straight. Kelsey catches touchdown and looked fearless with his teammates putting on a show in front of Taylor Swift. Woo! Nice run Woo. through. You like that? That was perfect. And of course, we had to include the Taylor Swift stuff. How could you not? She's just changed the NFL and all. I mean... There's some of these numbers that are coming out now about her and her effect on the game. It's crazy. A couple of uh, little Easter eggs in there for you Swifties out there. I'm a small Swifty myself, so <laughs> you might see that right there. But the jersey sales for Kelsey specifically jumped. What was it, 400%? Oh. Yeah. Swifties are Chiefs fans now, apparently, huh? Hey, hey, she just made multiple billion dollars probably during her tour. People love her, so if she's dating this guy... They're going to buy all his stuff, and they're going to learn football if they don't know about it. They're going to want to watch it. They're going to want to be all about her because she's going to be in multiple games, I would assume, if this continues. Yeah. I actually saw a weird reel today. Obviously, it's just someone's opinion, but wondering if this relationship is fabricated by the NFL to try to figure out a way to gain female followers. I mean, I could see it would be a good idea, but who knows? I can't imagine. I mean... Do we really get to think the NFL is getting that involved with these people's lives? I mean, no way, right? This is just a – well, I mean, if you're Taylor Swift, you already have so much attention. Why do you need any more? Yeah, she doesn't need it. She's trying to help the NFL. That's, that's the point. Maybe. Well, then she should have done – she should have agreed to do the Super Bowl halftime show or something. Not wrong. Not wrong. <laughs> I see what you mean there. It was funny, though. As I was kind of scrolling around looking for, like, information and checking out stuff about this, I actually had seen an article um, – 
about it. It had like tons of threads and stuff like that of girls online trying to explain the game of football to each other. <laughs> I found this one person, her name is Shannon, uh, at Holy Ground Sound. She was posting explanation of like <clears throat> the rules, the field layout, oh, uh, no. what what the yard markers mean. Dude, it was it was so funny to see, <laughs> especially as somebody who obviously knows. I'm not saying I know a lot or everything about football, but I know a lot about football. I watch it a lot, so it was funny to see them just trying to help each other learn the basics of it. It, it was fun. It was cool. You know what though? That's dedication to a fa- like as a fandom of her to like completely learn a new sport just so when you watch it, you don't f- feel like you don't know what you're doing or you don't fit in with the rest of the crowd. You're so dedicated to someone who doesn't play a sport to learn a sport <laughs> i like it i think it's cool hey dedication man we did want to have uh we have a couple things that we wanted to talk about kind of break down a few games a little bit deeper than just the rundown uh one of them is the saints and the packers that started off really lopsided and then halted completely and flipped and turned into what What's his name? Matt LaFleur called one of the uh, toughest games he's ever been a part of or something like that. So came back, stormed back, down 17 in the fourth quarter, dropped 18 on him for the win. Did you catch any of it? Didn't see it, but looking back at it, it all came down to Derek Carr. Like once Derek Carr got hurt in the third, the Saint offense wasn't the same after that. And you got to think that if he was in the game, the rest, the whole game, they would have had at least a drive or two that might have been a little bit longer or take a little more time off the clock and green Bay wouldn't have had an opportunity to make that comeback late. Cause I know they scored the, the go ahead touchdown and everything with about two, two and a half minutes left. So there was still time on the clock for new Orleans, but even if there were, and you had Derek Carr there, they would have an opportunity to possibly, cause all they would have needed was a field goal. They, I mean, they end up losing by one point. <laughs> Literally 18 to 17. So I think, I think you're, I think you're right. I, but what's crazy is, the drop-off shouldn't technically be that bad, I guess, at least from the outside. Maybe that's why they went and got Derek Carr is because it is. Because Jameis Winston was the one who came in and basically assumed the offense. So he was there last year. He's been there for a while now. Well, he couldn't get anything done. Are, are the Packers a little bit more serious than we think? Oh, well, I mean, you said it yourself. The fact that Winston was there the last couple of years and then they brought somebody else in to take his job is not a good sign that they trust him or think that he can win them a lot of games. So... I kind of guess take that for what it's worth too, though. But you're right. The Packers have won a couple games, but a comeback win like that against a team that isn't fully with, doesn't have their starting quarterback has to be looked at a little differently, I would think. And I believe they lost last week to Atlanta, who just lost to Detroit. So, so yeah, see, take that as you will. I think (laughs) I believe the Thursday night game is uh, Detroit Green Bay. Oh, okay. I'm remembering correctly. I'll have to look at the schedule again. Moving on, we can't not talk about it because it was the most talked about thing yeah. this weekend, at least when it comes to football. The Dolphins <laughs> beating the crap out of yeah. the Broncos, 70-20. to 20. Dropped 10 touchdowns on their heads. It's, there was a weird stat that came out just after it that you and I both read. We basically were trying to read it to each other at the same time. The points that the Dolphins scored in week three, just week three against the Broncos, are more than Vikings, Patriots, Texans, Broncos, Jaguars, Saints, Panthers, football team, Raiders. (laughs) (laughs) You like that one? Falcons, Steelers, Giants, Bears, Titans, and the Jets 
have all scored all season in all three of their games. That many teams, bro. Man, I every time. Okay, I was at my girlfriend's house with her and her, and her family, and we were watching like football on the ball, on the patio. And every time I look up, I was like, "Dang, Dolphin scored again! Dang, Dolphin scored again!" Like, it's like I just kept looking up, and they was like, "How did they get the ball back again? Am I just watching replays, or what is happening?" Because right, it's, it's just the just same thing. It's wrong thing. with this TV. And not only that, it was Mozart. Like he had four touchdowns. Right, it was just like over and over. I was like, "Dude, what is happening right now?" It was. I've never uh, seen anything like it. Like, who scores 70 points in the NFL? Well, they could have scored 73, and that's where some people are a little irritated. It was definitely a topic of conversation around the uh, football minds or just sports minds, I guess, in general of the media today. Should they have kicked the field goal to break the record? The record's 72. They were in field goal range. They didn't have to drive down field in 30 seconds, take a timeout, or rush the field goal. No, 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 no. They were already there with over a minute to play. And they just kneeled it out. Yeah. Why? Yeah, I don't know. Like, I feel like I feel like I would have gone for it possibly myself, just because you never know. You're never going to get an opportunity. I think the last time that somebody scored the, the 72 that you're talking about was like the 1940s or 50s, right? It was like forever. 69. Ago. 69. Okay, so we're talking about that something again. 70 points in the NFL. That's like a height. That's like a college score, 70 to 20. Mm-hmm. That you just don't see that in the NFL. And I guess if you're at that close and and Ah oh, man, do I go for it or not? I don't know. I can't. I'm kind of a toss up. I feel like I might, but at the same time, do I want to be that guy that's known as like just the extra stab um, on the other side when you're up so big and already made such a big, like not embarrassment, but I mean, you, you already got over 700 yards on these guys. It's been seven touchdowns. There was no field goals in this at all. Zero. They didn't get stopped. They just walked to the end zone. Yeah. Let me tell you what I would do. Let me tell you what I would do. I'm going for it. <laughs> I'm freaking kicking that field goal. I'm getting that record, bro. I'm getting the record. 70, dude, you're right there. Plus, you get to do it for the fans that are right there. Yeah, that's true. It was a home game for the Dolphins. That's a good point. It wasn't like they were on the road and doing it in mile high and shoving it in their fans' face. They were at home. They could have. 100%. Ah, that's okay. McDaniel's side. I think you might have convinced me just on that fact that the fact that they were at home, it's the Dolphins. I mean, the Dolphins have the 72 and are the 72 team that won 16 to 0. Why not have the scoring record of 73 points in a game? And it was in their hands. They didn't have to try. That's the thing. Either way, I would have gone for it. It's all around an insane effort by Mike McDaniels, that whole staff, all the players. Well done. Keep it going. Hey, your uh, pick you of, the I was going to say your pick of Tua for MVP is looking good, too. Like, no, comeback player. Oh, comeback player. I, I didn't even year. pick him for MVP. Well, Dude, comeback player of the year. That. He's definitely going to get that right now if he can play the whole season and doing what I mean, he's getting the ball out of his hand so quick, there's no opportunity for anybody to really hit him. And the fact that Daniels is taking advantage of having Tyreek Hill and Mozart and some of these guys who are like track and field runners essentially back in high school and using their speed by getting them the ball early and letting them just make the yards instead of Tua having to throw it down the field all the time. It's, it's, I hope they can keep doing it all year because it's a lot of fun because we've seen the clips of McDaniels that we've shown in the past that are just he's – he seems like a fun guy to be around and want to be playing for. To your point, the five fastest recorded speeds this season are – by Tyree Kill, our Shane. I won't, I'll probably I'm probably saying his name incorrectly. At Mostert, all five. Wow, see that's yeah. what I'm talking about. And they're all in the same ding king. And all two has to go is pop 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 pop. Not all. I'm sure. <laughs> it's difficult. I'm sure that's not. I'm not just saying. Oh, you just go. I could do it. You just no, no, no. That's not what I'm saying. There was one last thing though that we had both seen online that we thought was hilarious. The Dolphins loved scoring the points, but there was a family, we're guessing in Miami, but they are at least Miami fans, who 
I guess maybe started off having fun. <laughs> Curious how their night ended, though, is real the question here. The at and his name is really what got me laughing. I shared it with you yesterday. The at, his name is Buck Fuffalo. <laughs> Could Definitely more. a Dolphins fan. <laughs> so his family has a, a history when they watch Dolphins games that whenever the Dolphins score a touchdown, the whole family takes a shot. Oh. Well, they they almost broke the record for most points scored, and they scored 10 touchdowns, which means that they probably either ran out of tequila or had to <laughs> walk to the store to go get another bottle. If they could they walk were all there. 10 shots deep. The picture that we have on the screen here, for those listening on the on the podcast, got got to find us on YouTube. Search Our View from the Bench. Look it up. You'll be able to see some of the stuff that we share. Comment down below. Let us know what you're thinking. Interact. Go check it out. But for those who can't, it reads, My family does a tequila shot for every Dolphins touchdown. Today's historic win has, has us thinking, rethinking the tradition. There's <laughs> one, two, three, four. There's five of them here. Oh, That's man. a lot of shots. That's a lot of tequila. 50 shots. Yeah, oh my gosh. No way, man. Yeah, I'd be rethinking that tradition too. Maybe we cut it off after like four or five touchdowns. Maybe mm-hmm. six. Maybe like, start like pounding a beer or something yeah. after. <laughs> or maybe maybe we t- each take a half a shot after like the fourth touchdown or, you know, limit there it a little go. bit. Start thinking like that. <laughs> well, with this offense, man, who knows? They definitely are going to have to rethink it and rethink it quick. Not necessarily this week. They're playing in Buffalo, so it's going to be a, probably a lot lower scoring game. I doubt they're dropping 70, which honestly, I don't know if you saw it. They're actually underdogs. They're Three-point yeah. underdogs in Buffalo. Yeah, which, which is crazy. I get they're on the road, a division right, but they just dropped 70 on dudes, man. Yeah. I, yeah, I thought it was Sheesh. kind of weird. that I figured it might have been a toss-up going into that for the spread because Buffalo played really good against the Commanders, obviously, and took care of business 37-3, to but they didn't look good the first couple weeks of the season. So you figure with yeah. Miami playing so well every week, especially this exactly. week, that it would have been more of a toss-up game. Kind of what I thought for sure. Yeah. Well, One game that we didn't think was going to be a toss-up game. Oof. Was the Cardinals Cowboys? I actually re-listened to our episode on Friday and kind of feel really embarrassed, especially <laughs> as a Cardinals fan. Here I am as a loser rocking it today, where I heard myself say, "There's obviously no way the Cardinals are going to, be able to cover that." The Cowboys won by forty and twenty. They're going to be able to cover the twelve. Well, not only did they not cover the twelve, but they got twelve covered. Oh, they lost man. by twelve. Yeah, we uh we didn't do good on our picks this week, and this was one of those like, man, for sure. Yeah. Even if they were to lo- even if they would have won the game and not covered the spread, you could have been like, all right, well, at least they just had a bad week, and you could kind of say maybe at that point that maybe it's from the Trayvon okay, Diggs injury. They're all kind of like right. the defense is not feeling it as much as they normally would, or it's you know just having him not out there kind of makes a difference that first game or two. So you could see like, okay, maybe they'll struggle, but they'll ultimately win. But they go out there and basically don't even show up and lose twenty eight to sixteen, like. I, when I, I was working the after, I had a pre, that preseason game on Sunday, but I get there usually at 2 o'clock. So when I got this alert when this game ended that they lost, I was like, wait, did I read that right? Did they actually lose the game? They, they had the score switched? Or? Yeah, I oh, just that's like, accurate. you know, sometimes Bleacher Report or whatever ESPN makes a mistake and then sends like, a, oh, we put the wrong score at the wrong thing. Like, no, that that was for real. They actually lost to the Cardinals. I, I couldn't believe it. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. I couldn't believe it either, but it actually happened. So we'll take it. My first thing was, holy shit, <laughs> it happened. I was pleasantly surprised. I know this is uh, one of our legs of our parlay, but whatever. It was 
it was still good. We weren't going to win it anyways. Yeah. And I loved seeing all those Cowboys fans in Arizona looking so <laughs> sad since I know they thought they were going to come in and start just freaking routing us. Yes. But no, cry your way back to Dallas and the mediocrity that has plagued your franchise for decades now. Okay? Thank you. Also, wow. we talked about it yesterday. Yeah, no, I'm over Cowboys. <laughs> yeah, My I'm dad you, used to be one, and since he's converted once he moved to Arizona, I'm like, all right, fine, then I don't care. <laughs> But we talked about it yesterday. We should have thought about this. I guess I should have thought about it more, maybe brought it up to you. They only held the Cowboys, like you said, to 16 points and were able to put up 28. Why? Well, let's see. Why were they able to stop that offense? Hmm. Well, the new head coach of the Arizona Cardinals is last year's defensive coordinator for the Philadelphia Eagles. Yes, the NFC champion, Philadelphia Eagles. So he freaking plays the Cowboys twice a year. He knows exactly what he's supposed to do to stop them because he did it before. And that's something that we didn't think about, man. You know, here we are. It's crazy that you say that because if you think about it, the Cardinals defense on paper, those players are not you know, top tier guys, according to and most Buda people. Baker's out. And yeah, okay. One of their best players is out. So you would think from that point, like there's no way they're going to be able to stop him. But the fact that the coach is that good in his system that against the Cowboys, at least in their offense is that good that they were able to get their, their players to make some plays and actually have an opportunity to, and take this win. Like that's crazy. Like if you look at the three games that the Cardinals have played, like they've won this one only, but the other two, they were in both games. It's not like they've been yeah, getting one score game. Yeah. They're not like they're getting their butt whooped every week. And for a team that just had Josh Dobbs take over at quarterback, like on the fly before the season started, because everyone assumed Colt McCoy was going to take the job. Yeah. Like they three or four. Please. Yeah. They've, they've been in every game and, like you talk about, like any given Sunday, anything can happen. But this is a weird team that feels like, even though they're not supposed to be good and everyone would expect them to tank for Caleb Williams kind of thing, which who knows if he wants to go there. But they're yeah. kind of like competing and fighting in every game. They could end up winning like maybe five or six games and put themselves ultimately maybe in the four or five spot. Which ain't bad, man. To be honest with you, I'd rather them play well than because the players don't want to lose man i again i don't want to stop being a fan so i want them i want the franchise to do well i want people to want to go there i want that you know so Mm -hmm. i'm happy with it i think i might maybe people will be pleasantly surprised i think I, i don't think they're similar in nature but i think the idea might be similar you know how dan campbell was first received when he gave that speech about getting knocked down but then getting back up and then biting off kneecaps yeah. but then getting knocked down again and then gonna take another chunk out of your leg on the way back up right <laughs> those people thought that was like super freaking weird obviously because it was a little kind of weird yeah well this guy kind of had a similar start there's a lot of weird things out there couple clips of him just kind of asking weird questions or having like this weird awkward conversation with one player here or there or saying weird lines and maybe it's one of those things. The Lions are kind of changing the culture there, and they're actually pretty good. Maybe that's something that this guy's secretly bringing to Arizona. I can only be hopeful. I was going to say, as a person who roots for the Cardinals, that's what you got to be hoping for. We shall see. We do have one small thing to cover in your division, actually. Oh, man. Texans-Jags. It was just another surprise, similar to how it was a surprise how the Cardinals were able to take care of the Cowboys. It was really surprising to see not only the Texans win and win in Jacksonville, but win by 20 after yeah. the Jags had just kept pace with the Chiefs last week. Yeah, they and they didn't make, they made the Jags like look terrible. Lawrence had a couple interceptions. Like they just looked out of sync on offense. I feel like the Jags came into the season with such high expectations that maybe they got it, they let it get to themselves a little bit there. I mean, they're one and two. I mean, one other loss was to the Chiefs, as you said, but still they did not look good. And CJ Stroud, who is a yeah. rookie quarterback from, 
is just looked good in his first three games. I know him and uh, this Herbert. This is his best one. Yeah, this is his best game, but I think him and Herbert have both thrown over 900 yards and no interceptions in the first three games of the season. So he's right yeah. up there. Maybe the Texans actually find, found themselves a franchise quarterback. It's a very small sample size, but he's off to a good start. But it's just the Texan defense actually played really well. And just if they can play decent and actually have time, maybe the Texans end up can winning this division because the Titans look terrible, absolutely terrible. The Colts yes, are. And they've already beaten the Jags. Yeah, and the Colts are rebuilding, and Anthony Richardson's supposed are to be they? the quarterback, Maybe? but he's well, he's out. Minshew's in. It's it's early, but I don't know. I feel yeah. like the Texans and the Colts could they ultimately be chasing each other for the AFC South, and the Jags and the Titans just be like at the bottom? That would be just out of nowhere. You know this little bit, a uh, little fact about me. But before I became a Cardinals fan, do you remember the other team that I liked? I do the not. Texans. Oh yeah, that's right. When they started because they were a brand new team, yeah. and I was like, okay, well, I guess I'll just like a new team. And they were obviously horrid. <laughs> yeah. They had Derek's brother, David Carr, mm-hmm. and he set the record. Actually, <laughs> not a good one uh, oh. for most sacks, basically ever, but definitely in a season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. So it was a horrible start, and I just decided to get a new start, and that's when I followed Matt Leinart, of course. All-time Arizona great Atlanta, <laughs> to the Cardinals, and I've been kind of stuck here ever since. So. I thought you were going to say uh, all-time USC great, and then went to the Cardinals, but you said all-time Arizona great. Like, whoa! Yeah, it was sarcasm, <laughs> my friend. Sarcasm, of course. It's just funny that that's who I followed there, and he barely—I don't even know if he really took any snaps. I mean, I know he took a couple, but he was bad. Oh, so kind of rooting for him. Honestly, a big CJ Stroud fan. Not an Ohio State fan. That's kind of where I draw the line a little bit. But SoCal kid. Literally grew up in Rancho Cucamonga. Oh, I did it's that. 20 that. minutes from here, no traffic. So rooting for you, CJ. Do work, buddy. I like it. Yeah, we'll see what the Texans can do with him this year. So it'll be interesting. But, yeah, he had a great day. They scored a lot of points. But I can tell you who else has scored a lot of points this weekend. Oh, can you? This guy. I scored so many points in fantasy. I felt bad that I had to do that to Art. I really feel bad. Sorry, Art, if you're listening. I feel terrible for Dude, that. Dude, that's actually, now that I think about it, I apologize to Art last <laughs> week. So that's back-to-back weeks that we've played our favorite listener, oh. and he has gotten whooped each time. Here oh. on the screen for the YouTube audience, again, if you listen to the podcast, come check us out on YouTube. Search for Our View from the Bench. You can see the scoreboard up here. Tell me what you had, Corey. Oh, I had 176.48 points. I don't know how. And Art had 75 points. Yeah. So you're telling me you beat him by over 100. Ouch, my friend. Yeah. Okay, we'll skip to that. Art, I apologize. Yep, let me, I, not, let yeah. me stop. Let me stop. As I said, it's bad. The reason why you really got up there was, I mean, you have Patrick Mahomes on your team. Duh. You have Debo Samuel on your team. Okay, yeah, he gets points. But it was really Raheem and Kenneth Walker. Yeah. They had some big days, and even Zach Moss had 21 points for me. So I had a lot of running game going yesterday, and, uh, yeah, like I said, I feel bad for Art because when I kept checking school – well, again, remember I mentioned earlier I was looking at, like, every – oh, Mozart scored. Well, Mozart scored. I'm like, oh, cool, I'm just getting a lot of fantasy points. I didn't realize everybody else on my team had a great day as well besides the Jet defense that I scored 176. I Wow, that blew my mind. But I'll take the dub. Imagine if they had, like, a normal day. You know, I had the 180. Yeah. Nuts, bro. Yeah. Nuts. While it wasn't as good of a week for me, it was still a good week for me. I got the dub as well. Hey, nice. Dub's a dub, I man. I barely beat Laffy. Apologies, my friend. He doesn't think it's barely. He took it as an <laughs> ass whooping. But as we can see from the last slide, I think he caught it close. <laughs> 
I won 99 to 93. So only six points. And really, he was 93 and a half, and I was almost 99 flat. So kind of like five and a half. Yeah. My big one was uh, Tua, obviously kind of tossing it and throwing it and doing some work. And then J, J. Jeff does work every week like a boss. Yeah. Thank you, sir. So, but the fun thing about fantasy is what do you want to tell? Uh, we get to play each other this week. <laughs> going down. I'm not your friend. Don't talk to me after this show. Talk to you on Monday. Show on Friday's canceled, everybody. <laughs> yeah, it'll be good. Uh, right now, you're projected, I think, to win by two points. So, but you know, projections, and projections we'll see. I, I mean, I still have Debo Samuel questionable there, so he might not be in my uh, lineup by the time we actually get this thing going this weekend. So we'll see. What I'd happens. love to play Jalen Waddle, even though they're playing in Buffalo, but he's still questionable with a concussion as yeah, well. So. so we shall see here. But but it should be a good week. I still might switch some stuff up. You even talked about maybe you might pick up a different defense. You don't know who because the waiver wire is pretty oh, empty right now. Man, but the Jet defense this may not be the final so roster. Bad. The Jet defense is so bad. I don't know what to do. But like you said, there's no other. De- I was looking through the wire earlier, and I was like, oh, Jacksonville, Atlanta, but like, oh, but they're in London. Like, are they going to be ready to play and play that well over there? I don't know if I trust them. Uh, I looked at Miami, but I was like, oh, they're playing Buffalo, so I don't trust them on that now after their bounce last week. But I don't know, man. I, I, I guess I'm going to have to stick with the Jets probably for now. We will see. I don't know if mine's going to change. I'm nervous about Connor in San Fran. And honestly, dude, I'm so irritated with Derek Henry. I don't even know <laughs> if we should play him either, bro, which is crazy because I'm pretty sure I drafted him like third, and I'm questioning whether or not I can even play him. Yeah. It's, I, the decline, it's sad. sad for your team, but it's yeah. irritating for me. <laughs> I don't know if it's him or if it's just the offensive line is not very good because I feel like if he had an, a decent line in front of him, he could still do something, but he is – yeah. Yeah, I don't know, but you know he's a running back, and when you get that old, and after that many hits, eventually, especially he's a big dude, so eventually, solid, it's gonna have to take its toll. True. Let's get out of the professionals and move into the collegiate. There was a couple games that we want to highlight that happened this weekend. There's obviously one big one, but we're gonna start with the others. The ones that we highlighted in our previous episode were Alabama, Ole Miss, Ohio State, Notre Dame, Colorado, Oregon. You took Ole Miss. I decided to roll hard with Alabama, even though I kind of went against my thought process because they had already burned me against Texas. But it worked out. Both money line and spread were covered. 24 to 10 win at home over Ole Miss. What happened? Yeah, you know, uh, I guess Alabama's still alive a little bit. Uh, Saban got them a little ready. I don't know. Their the biggest question mark was their quarterback because the week before they went back and they had two different quarterbacks playing the game because they were so bad offensively. So that was the only reason I was taking Ole Miss was I was thinking maybe the quarterback situation still hadn't been figured out, and Ole Miss, who didn't have that situation on their side, might be able to go in there and steal the game when there's basically a distraction for the Alabama team. But uh, no, Saban had him ready. That wasn't the case. But if you look at the total yards, it wasn't an out-of-control game. Uh, Ole Miss had 350 and Alabama had 356. So it's not like they got dominated in any sense. Yeah, they didn't get dominated in any form or fashion. So, uh, But I was also kind of like, I like Alabama and I like Saban and I like dynasties, but at the same time, I'm kind of ready for this one to officially end because it's kind of teetering right now. It's either does he continue it on or does this maybe be the year they actually don't make, you know, really any noise and go very far. I'm down personally for them to be, because as we know, we talked about it previously, I kind of like dynasties, yeah. but I'm down for them to personally, I'm kind of with you a little bit. I'm down personally. I'm down for them to be like 
mediocre. Yeah. Put them in an 8 to 12 range most years. You know what I mean? Yep, I'm with you. Like I said, I've they were dominant and Nate Saban has them good has had them so good for so long. But like we talked about before, maybe the new NIL money and the way things are situated with college sports that that's changed the landscape and like how they recruit and able to get like the best of the best. Because I don't know who their quarterback is. I've never heard anybody say anything necessarily great about it. It's like a top recruit or anything like that. So I got to think that that's got to be part of their struggles. And if that's the case, it's only going to get worse moving forward because all this stuff is going to yeah. change constantly at this point exactly couldn't agree more another highly sought game to watch this weekend ohio state visiting south bend getting the dub literally at the last second man what what a game what i mean thankfully even though i was working uh rob zombie alice cooper they do put uh games that are like important like this on in the arena prior to the concert starting so I was able to actually watch this one a little bit. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, I was like, oh, 14-10, Notre Dame's got it, and there's a couple minutes left. Like, oh, yeah, they're going to win this game. They got the ball. And the next thing I look, Ohio State's got the ball, and they're going in and getting the touchdown to get the win at basically the buzzer. And I was like, oh, man, they lost at the last second. They fell apart. Yeah. They also, on the last play, and then you pointed out to me the last two plays, not only did they fall apart, they didn't even feel like showing up fully. Yeah. Ten men on the field when you're allowed eleven might help when you're trying to stop a team scoring a touchdown, huh? Yeah, absolutely. And then I think the coach said something about he realized that they had ten out there, but he couldn't send another one out because they would get a penalty for it. And then he couldn't have a timeout to call and then order to get them situated. So I get that, but wouldn't you rather if they're at the one yard line and you want to get a and you get a penalty on you, it's half the distance to the goal. So what's the difference between a half and a one yard at that point? Wouldn't you rather have eleven guys to stop a half a yard than ten guys to stop a yard? Like how does that make any Especially sense? Especially if you're outnumbered. Yeah, yeah, if they have 10 too, then I guess I'll take 10. But if they have 11, they'll give me all of them. Yeah, it's I just I I didn't understand the thought process behind that. But then again, I didn't understand the thought process behind Josh McDaniels and them not and taking that field goal when they were down eight instead of going forward on four. So what do I know? Very true. <laughs> the game everybody's talking about this weekend, though. Yeah. Colorado visiting Oregon. Oof, man. Didn't go well. Well, at least not for Colorado. Everyone was kind of looking for it. Not one of those people. Kind of felt like it was going to happen, yep. but was not rooting for it. Rooting for Prime. Rooting for all that. So, But they took the lick, man. 42-6. to six. And really, that six was like a please let us not have a zero. Yeah, kind of score. It was. It was in the fourth quarter, late. Yeah, it was. It was pretty bad. It was pretty bad. But I don't know. I, 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 like we talked about, I kind of expected Oregon to win this game, but the over under we talked about, I think, was seventy and a half, which that was just like out of control when we saw, which didn't get met obviously with the final score that we saw. I just like I didn't expect it to be this bad, and if it if it was going to be you know, Oregon scoring 42, I expected Colorado at least get on the board and score 28 to 30, but man, they just, I guess they actually got to play against, uh, in a sense, a real team, a legitimate team that's going to possibly try to get themselves in the college football playoffs, and Colorado did not look up to the task. In our previous show, you talked about it. You said they're going to need to score about 40 to keep up, yeah. and you were almost on the dot. I think you said 40 to 50, and yeah, in order for them to even get a win, they need to be in the mid-40s, so... 
I definitely kind of saw this coming. I believe in my in the last show I I said that it's going to be probably a little bit one sided. It's going to be two offenses that are going to try to score, but I don't really know how far one's going to get. Yep. And they didn't get far. Uh, they didn't necessarily look bad, but they didn't look good. They just definitely looked out coached. But there was also a rumor that was going around. I don't know if you heard it that there's a couple other programs that may have reached out to Oregon Uh-oh. to help them possibly game plan for the Colorado game. Oh, I did not I don't hear know if that's that. true or not. I believe it was Keyshawn Johnson that said it. No. Yeah. That's the guy that's on with undisputed, right? Keyshawn? Yeah, he is now. Yeah. So I believe it was him. And he said it was some coaching circles. He had heard it from, and I bet wow. apparently the coaching circles, he heard it from They He seems to really trust what they're saying. So take that as you will. Don't know if it's true or not, wow. but um, yeah, kind of, kind of weird. That is weird to come out like that, but I know we talked. We the coach on Oregon had them pumped up with his whole, you know, they play for clicks and we play for wins in the in the locker room. Which you know that's all mm-hmm. cool. Get get your team pumped up and ready to go. I'm okay with that. But wow, to go to that extent, like, why? I feel like if you're Oregon, yeah, I don't know if it's true. No, I know, that's but if, alleged. If it were to be true, that's crazy. Because if you're Oregon, how does that make you feel if other teams are reaching out to you that they don't think you're good enough that you can do it on your own? Like that's got to be true kind of like an off-putting thing. If I'm Oregon, I don't think I would even want to listen to anybody, regardless. And maybe that's what happened. Maybe what that coach heard was teams were reaching out, but maybe Oregon said, thank you, we're good. Appreciate yeah, it. which I would I hope so. Weird that you even offer. Uh, yeah, yeah so this again, isn't... I don't know what I heard, but that was just some hearsay I had thought uh, you might find interesting. Yeah, because that would make more sense if it was like, you know, the, and the title game of the college football playoffs. Then it's like, okay, ask anybody you want for help because this is the biggest game of the season. Yeah, you're, you need you're everything. You need to win it, right. Yeah, but this is game, you know, three or four on the schedule of a long season. That would be kind of strange to go to that extreme. Wow. Exactly. Since we're in the Pac-12, mm-hmm. I kind of want to talk about the Pac-12 a little bit. After week four, there's now six, instead of eight, Pac-12 teams in the top 25. Colorado has fallen out, and... UCLA, I believe, fell out. UCLA. I was like, I think it's UCLA. UCLA has fallen out. The thing that I'm a little bit annoyed about is that they seem to really not want the Pac-12, in my opinion. Completely my opinion here. They seem to not want the Pac-12 to be up there. And the way that they're doing the numbering, maybe I was tired when I was thinking about this. So I wasn't in, you know. But they move everybody from 7 to 10. So there's 7, Washington, 8, SC, 9, Oregon, 10, Utah. USC won on the road, but they didn't win by enough. They doubled Arizona State 24 to 48. Moved them from five to eight. Again, I'm not saying that other teams don't deserve to move up. But right before USC, it starts getting into their ranked schedule. All of a sudden, their ranked opponents, because they're getting into the Pac-12 schedule, the conference schedule now, are either off or lower. Well, that seems kind of weird to me. Because if SC clobbers Colorado, well, they were unranked Colorado. You saw what Oregon did. Yeah, yep. And so it just kind of keeps lending this weird thing to, again, maybe I'm looking too far into it, especially as a Pac-12 fan. But I don't know. I kind of didn't like it. Well, no, I can see what you're saying because they always say when it comes to, like, voting and MVPs and stuff like that, like the East Coast bias because they don't stay up and watch the West Coast games and all that, which the Pac-12, a majority of the teams are in the the Western time zone. And Mm -hmm. 
if you think about it too, like the Pac-12 network has screwed up all the TV stuff or possibility or whatever they could have. So nobody's even knowing where to watch them when they are playing at that point. So I guess I can't really say it's that weird for them to kind of use that against them when it comes to the voting and on putting these teams in ranks. But I'm with you. Like UCLA got dropped out of the top 25. They lost to Utah. Who's number 10 now, but they only lost 14 to seven. Even UCLA could still be in the top 25. It's not like they got everybody just have to move up. Like, come on. Right. Yeah. And even, okay. Now Colorado, I understand they were 19 and they got whooped. So they're out of the top 25. I can understand that one. But like I said, UCLA lost by a touchdown to Utah. And then moving everybody down. Yeah. Like, USC, okay, I can see USC being below Washington overall in the rankings for sure because SC hasn't played anybody. Not that Washington has, but Washington has dominated a lot of the games they've played. Their quarterback is looking like a Heisman candidate. Like, they're right there. So I can see Washington being above USC, but I don't know why they're so low. I'm with you. I think that Washington, USC could be 5-6, and six, and even Oregon could be like 8 or 9. 9. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Again, a little bit of a bias. Loving the Pac-12, but I just thought that was a little odd. Yeah, so, I'm with you. Want to talk about it? <laughs> Switching it up though. Getting into the last week, my friend. Oh, thank God of the Major League Baseball season. So excited! Baseball's playoffs approach us, as well as October. We are what four days away from that. Exciting times, man! Heck yeah! We got some Heck- stuff coming up. Heck yeah, we've got a couple more divisions that have been, well, I should say one more for sure. The Brewers clinched the NL Central tonight, so they're going to be the three seed for sure because they're too far behind the Dodgers and Braves. So they're going to go ahead and uh, host the third wildcard team whenever we figure out who that is. Uh, okay. the, the Phillies clinched the uh, number one wildcard spot in the NL tonight. So Dang. they're, I know, unfortunately, they were too far ahead of the Dimebacks. So they're going to host whoever gets that second wildcard spot, which right now would be the Dimebacks. And that does not sound like fun. Oh. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Wait. When then? Who would the, so the third wild card spot goes to? What? Oh, the division winner. The Brewers. Yeah. Oh, Which right now sense. would I was be like, wait, the why Cubs. Why would they get this? Okay. Well, we're a game up on the Cubs because we were a half game up on them, and then we won. So we're a game up on the Cubs going into the last five games, I believe it is. Yeah. So. I think so. We got it's... two more in Chicago against the White Sox, and then three at home against the Astros. So. Hey, we could lose a lot against the, against Houston. So yeah, I was gonna if say it's losses you're looking for, they might be on the horizon. Yeah, Houston is battling the the Mariners right now for the division or well a wild card spot because the Texas Rangers have now kind of gotten a two and a half game lead. They've kind of started to separate themselves since we like you talked about we have five games left. Um, but the Astros and Mariners are playing. I think right now actually they were playing earlier when we started this uh, podcast. Uh, but not only that, the Mariners then have to go to Texas this weekend to play the yeah. Rangers. So that can kind of and like We're all said, fighting. we have to the Dimebacks are going to go to Houston. Like it's just a lot of things going on here at the end. It's just like, man, everyone's fighting for so many spots, but this is what the MLB wanted when they created all these extra wild cards. And I mean, even Miami and Cincinnati are right behind the second and third wild card spot by the Dimebacks and Cubs. There's a lot of teams still battling, but you know, it's the last week of the season, so this is the best time of year. I agree. At the Rangers that you mentioned, they won six straight now, two and a half games uh, lead in the AL East. It's going to be, it's going to be coming down. I think they might take, I mean, I think they take it. That's a, that's a pretty hefty lead. I mean, unless right? they get swept, but I don't, I don't see that's happening. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. I think they, I think they're going to kind of hang on to win the division. That's, that's what I'm going to say. I'm going to say, I'm going to say that 
that they take the AL East. Well, it's going to be a close battle though for the second or the highest wild card spot though, right? Oh heck yeah! Like no, the highest wild card spot's taken right by the AL East team. Yeah, it'll be whoever out of the uh, Orioles and Rays wins the division because they're both so they have so many wins. I think they're over like ninety wins apiece. They're so far ahead of everybody else that they're just battling for division title or a wild card spot. And then you have the Blue Jays who are in the second wild card spot right now, but they're again, it's a very close chase between the second and third one, and even behind. So. It's just so fun to watch all these different teams battling. And if the Blue Jays make it, then that means there's three AL East teams in the playoffs going into it as well. Very true. Which Seattle is only a half game out behind Houston. So think about this. If the three teams that make it from the AL East in the playoffs, it's going to be the not Orioles. the Red Sox. It's not the Red Sox or the Yankees. Those are the only two AL East teams to not make the playoffs this year. I think I saw a stat somewhere today that said for the first time since maybe 1981 or 83 that the Red Sox, Yankees, and Cardinals are not all going to be in the MLB right. playoffs. Nuts. Because that's true, man. One of them is making it. Cardinals probably most recently and along with the uh, Red Sox. I believe those and three the teams have the most World Series in that order. I think it's Yankees. I think Cardinals actually might even be second now I yeah. think about it. Correct. Yeah. I think you're right. Like 11. They're not even that close. No. Yeah. It's not close, but they're They're still far behind the 27, (laughs) but still. There was more records, though, that were broken over this past uh, few days since the last episode. Mookie Betts sets a new record with 105 RBIs from the leadoff position. Still a few more games, so he could, I mean, hit 110. Yeah, he could. I mean, the Dodgers scored, I think, 10 or 11 runs tonight, so I don't know what he did tonight because they were in the middle of the game in Colorado. Oh, but... doubleheader today. That's oh, right. Oh, that's right. He lost the first one. Okay, so he could easily get 110 before the end of the week, which, by the way, you know what's weird about that? Uh, like, okay, thinking funny. The guy who had the record before was Charlie Backman, who plays for the Rockies, which is where they are right now, which was uh, 103 in 2017. But, yeah, Mookie, 100, he's going to get like 110 or more by the time this is all said and done. That's good for him. I mean, just him. <laughs> yeah, not not the Dodgers. I don't want them to win any more games. No, Stop they it. could lose. That's fine. <laughs> well, it's kind of, I mean, it's a little bit. He has 39 home runs. So even if all of them were leadoff home runs, there's 39 RBIs right mm-hmm. there. Most leadoff guys aren't jacking 40 out of the park. No. Most, most. Most of them are on-base kind of people, like an Ichiro. Yep, you know? exactly. Yeah, and Betts has been just, I mean, to get 105 RBIs or more at this, like you said, at the top like that, that means the guys below you in like the six, seven, eight, nine spots have to be getting on base as well. And it's not like the Dodgers have had a lot of guys doing having great years beyond no. Mookie and Freddie because the rest of the lineup is kind of eh and below average. So the fact yeah. that he has 100 at their R- moments, yeah, but the fact that he's got that many RBIs with that kind of a lineup at the back end, that just makes it more kind of crazy to think about. Uh, yeah, that's a yeah. that's one way to look at it. <laughs> Good for him. Good for him. Which hey, good for us. Yeah. Which actually, that's a good way to think about it. Uh, efficient is a good way to lead us into our uh, favorite segment segment that we always do on Mondays. Our Monday one. It's which time. one's that one? Milf Monday. Monday. I cannot believe a fine woman like this produced a guy like Stiff. Dude, it took some milf. What the hell's that? M-I-L-F. Man, I love facts. <laughs> yeah, yeah, guys. Milf Monday. 
Monday, Monday, Monday. Ah, dude, this segment's dope. I really <laughs> like the little thing that we made for. Uh, have... It was such a good, good acronym you came up with. Bro. Hey, man, you came up with the idea to come up with the acronyms. I just came up with this one. <laughs> yeah, that was a good one. This was a good one. But the fact today that we so what have you got? today is one that actually I didn't know until you sent this to me, and I don't think it's been talked about enough because it's kind of crazy. Uh, this is a fact about LeBron James-led teams that in okay. 2020 the Lakers were 57 and 0 when leading through three quarters. And in Damn. 2018, when LeBron was on the Cavaliers, they were 50 and one when leading after three quarters. Which the, the Cavs didn't even win the title that year. That was the year I think no. they ended up losing to Golden State again. But yes. in the last two, like true, fully healthy seasons that LeBron has had, and his team has been, you know, competing, they're 107 and one after when leading after three quarters. Which <laughs> that's just like. It, it, even if that was your whole you career, lose. that would be like 107 wins after leading after three quarters and however many That's losses insane. would be a lot. But 107 and one in a two season period is just crazy to think about. Hats off, man. Dude's insane, bro. Honestly, people give him crap, but in my opinion, overall basketball player, I'm not saying, oh, would you have him take this or yeah, yeah. would you have him shoot this free throw? I'm not talking. Overall, man, to me, he's the most complete basketball player. Absolutely. And stats actually show he's actually more clutch than Michael Jordan. Yeah, there are. Maybe I've, we'll do a MILF say, Monday or uh, something on, on that one day. I've seen those kind of stats to talk about that. But, yeah, not only that, he's been so good for so long. And like you said, he's a, that's one of the things. It's not one of those, like, if you take a last shot. I would think if you're going to go and play a game of basketball, who do you want on your team? I'll be like, I want that guy, LeBron, because he does everything the right way. He's a team guy. He knows what he's doing on offense. He knows he knows what everybody needs to be doing. Like he knows what the other team is supposed yeah, to be doing. Exactly. Like he's he knows everything. Why wouldn't you want to have him on your team to make your job easier and hopefully win? I would. So that's hundred percent. It's just and and not only that. 20 years in, he's still averaging, what, 28 points a game last year at age 37 and 38. we've seen those other graphics, right, of other people in their uh, 20th season, and it shows their average points per game. I think Dirk was like two. <laughs> Vince Carter was like three. Kevin Garnett was like five. That's yeah. Single digits the entire way. Almost 30. And almost a triple double. I was going like to say, on top of that. Six or 37 and seven or something like that. Dude's a, oh my God, and think dude's about insane. it, too. Like, the Lakers Props, last bro. year... We're in the Western Conference Finals, and that was after starting 2-10 and 10 and then trading Westbrook and revamping this whole team. Now they're coming into this season with like right. some continuity, some nice added pieces on top of it. And if LeBron and AD yes. and this deeper team can stay healthy for the most part, I think they're going to be right back in it. That's it. Denver's good. They're, they're the defending champs until somebody knocks them off, but they lost Jeff Green. Right. They lost Bruce Brown, and they didn't really add anything on extra after. Yeah. So Those are two key wing pieces. Yeah. Two guards in the wing? Exactly. That's uh, who have to, they, how do they guard LeBron. in the wing? Exactly. Oh. That's what I'm saying. So it's now, just, I get it, they still have Aaron Gordon. Yeah. But, but again, there's more weapons on the only Lakers. only one person. And the Lakers are going to be more like just think about Austin Reeves. He's had such a, he had such a good yep. FIBA tournament. Now he's got time to rest. He's gonna he's gonna be like ready to go from the get go. I think because he's had like basically a preseason already. So I expect sure, him to have a true. big year. And if that's the case, and he's handling the ball a lot more, then LeBron can play off the ball or you know sit a little more. Or in you know we balance the the days off thing because LeBron the right the rule we talked about last week that they implemented about rest doesn't affect him because of how many seasons and minutes he's played in his career. So you can rest him whenever you need. Stoked, bro. Stoked. <laughs> I got a new t-shirt. I'm saving. I haven't even worn it in 
I was gonna say in real life, <laughs> this is fake life, but I haven't like worn it out. I'm saving it the first time I'm wearing it is on the show, and I'm stoked as we get closer to basketball Heck season. Yeah. I, I can't wait to show you. It's gonna be sick. All right, dope. I'm excited. Which, by the way, do you know what today is? Uh, Tuesday. What do you mean? Like the date, or like what do you mean? Today is our twentieth episode. Oh, sick! We're almost. Old enough to dream. <laughs> and even 20. Ah, nice, bro. Okay, yeah. cool. I just thought Sweet. it was cool that we, you know, we started doing this and we made this far. And I just think 20 mm-hmm. is kind of crazy considering we're doing two weeks and we've been able to keep up the pace. Um, but yeah, I just yes. think we wanted to make sure we let the land, let everybody know that we've made this uh, kind of landmark. And if you want yeah. to, you know, listen back on some of our old episodes, remember you can find them all on Spotify, or Apple Podcasts, and YouTube by searching Our View from the Bench. Also, don't forget to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Our View FTB. How's your week looking, bro? The rest of it, I know. Uh, Tuesday, let's so see. Already uh, pretty normal, actually. I'm working just basically where? Oh, actually, I'm working preseason tomorrow. I forgot we have a preseason game Ooh. tomorrow against the Ooh. Sharks. So Sharks, okay. should be. Uh, it's it's weird. Preseason games are so awkward because it's like maybe six thousand people when you're normally at like fourteen to fifteen for a regular season game. So it's like yeah. a third of the capacity. They don't. It's not on TV, so there's not normal TV timeouts. It's just kind of a weird vibe. It almost feels like a. I mean, it is a fake game, but it feels like it's just. It feels <laughs> awkward to almost even, even be more there fake. sometimes. Yeah, but yeah. I just love working hockey and knowing it's back. So I'm looking forward to that. And then other than that, man, just kind of working normal day shifts and chilling this week. So nothing crazy on the schedule. How about you? Nothing crazy, my friend. Work and another show later this week and. That's pretty much it. Pretty even key, low key this week. Nothing planned. I was saying the only thing I definitely got planned is watching that scoreboard for baseball because the Diamondbacks won big today. Yes. Got to play another one. That's actually true. The White Sox Countdown again to tomorrow. Last week. And then we got a huge today. 15 to 4, I think the final was. Yeah, dude. And that was after being down, I think, 3 nothing, 4 1 at one point and to battle back that way and come up huge. This is good. So, and. Amen. Speaking of, which I told you when I was watching the post game, I didn't realize that Christian Walker has had such a great year offensively. He has 30 home runs and 100 RBIs. I got to think that's nice. I got to look it up and see for sure, but it's got to be one of the few times it's happened in Dimebacks history, right? True. true. It's not like we have a lot of history yeah. and a lot of good seasons. I think maybe Paul Gonzo Goldsmith back in the day, Goldschmidt. Yeah. Yeah. Which, I mean, Walker's been a pretty good replacement of Goldschmidt. Not bad. And letting Goldschmidt walk to a team that we thought might get him to the playoffs and. <laughs> Yeah, or we might be and in and they aren't. In Isn't that weird? <laughs> Works out for it's us, like, man. Are you kidding me, dude? Right? God, now you're good. I feel bad. It's yeah, baseball, like man. It. Crazy things happen. Is what it is. Thank you all for stopping by and seeing things from our view from the bench. I'm Brendan. And I'm Corey. And like we always say, enjoy the sports until we talk again. Peace. This was a Sycamore 4th Studios production.